date, you know, 1015. So everybody that's listening, I want you guys to go check out Pastor Corey's page right now. Give him a follow. Check out his ministry, Faith, uh, to, act, uh, Faith to Action in Michigan. It's a beautiful ministry to do the prayer calls, get involved with that. Um, and please give him a follow right now. And let's pull up here. I just heard the voice of my brother, uh, Philip Anderson. Yes, um, but um, if, uh, yes, Philip is here, but... Uh, Jeremy Brown just called in and he has limited time on the on the phone there. So perhaps we could let Jeremy. Hello, first. Jeremy. How are you? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Jeremy. Can you hear me okay? And uh, can you hear me okay? Uh, Give me one second. Diffusion, I'm, I'm pressing on. Diffusion All right, there you yes. go. All right. Okay, you... wonderful. Okay, go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yes. Perfect. Okay, great. Um, I just want to thank everybody for uh, inviting me to be part of this conversation this evening um, because it is definitely a conversation that needs to be had. But before we get started, I'd like to uh, ask everybody out there. My mother had surgery this morning. Uh, she is in recovery now, but she had surgery to uh, you know work on some heart issues that she's been having. And so I'd just like to ask everybody to keep her in your thoughts and your prayers uh, and also to say hi to her. Hi, mom, um, because she should be listening tonight. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm here to engage in the conversation and answer any questions that anybody might have. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, your mother's first name, um, uh, what is her first name? It's Lisa. Alisa. Yeah, Lisa. So seditious, sedition hunters or capital terrorist exposures are out there and they want to dox my mother. I wouldn't suggest it, but uh, feel free to go ahead and I'll just make sure that when the FBI gives me all your names, uh, I'll make sure that I get your addresses as well. All right, brother. Well, uh... <laughs> my brother. Well, hi, hi, mom. Hi, Lisa. I bless you and recover quickly in the name of Jesus. We love you and your son is a American hero, bar none. Amen. Well, Jeremy, you have such an amazing story to tell. I don't know if everyone knows what the FBI did to you and how they entrapped you and you recorded them. And um, I don't know if you can maybe just update everyone on how you're doing and what happened very quickly. I know it's a long story to tell. And everyone should go read about um, Jeremy Brown's stories. Yeah, ab absolutely. I'm, I'm doing as well as can be expected uh, when you're watching your country being destroyed from the inside out. Uh, but uh, luckily, you know, as as uh, our creed says, the special forces that were so, uh, specially selected and well-trained. And so uh, really what, uh, what kind of brings me into this entire, you know, dynamic is that the FBI uh, attempted to recruit me prior to even the announcement of January 6th. Uh, and because of my background and experience, I knew not to meet with federal agents without recording uh, that meeting. And so that's what I did. So after I attended January 6th as a volunteer security detail member, which was uh, you know run by the Oath Keepers, that was actually the reason for their tactical planning was because of the security security operation and not an unarmed overthrow of the United States government, which is completely absurd and ridiculous. Um, after the events of January 6th, I decided to go public with that recording 
And of course, uh, this uh, overpowerful federal government decided to utilize its capabilities um, to frame me for crimes that I did not commit. And so uh, since I've been given ample time now to call them out on a regular basis, I've been using my time in jail to not only call out the uh, military coup that was conducted on January 6th and how I know that it was a military coup, but also point out the flaws in our judicial system and how uh, over time our actual justice system has been uh, converted to a system of, of mere conviction. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in jail to prove a point, which is that our system is broken, that our country is being destroyed from the inside out. And I'm trying to expose all the people that are responsible for it. How long is your prison sentence? And uh, did you go to trial? What happened after you were apprehended? Yeah, yeah. so I did go to trial on the charges that were related to the illegal search warrant uh, and the planted evidence of the FBI or whoever was in the federal government. I mean, there's very, there's many uh, capabilities within the, within the Department of Defense and federal law enforcement agencies that have this capability. And of course, they have the motive uh, to surreptitiously plant evidence. And they've been caught doing it many times throughout their history. So it's not really the absurd claim that they like to make in court. But uh, so they did take me to trial on that. I, I forced it to trial, even though they attempted to uh, offer a backdoor plea deal and allow me to get out so that they didn't have to take their fake evidence to trial. Uh, but I refused to allow them out. But, you know, they have other ways of making sure that certain things aren't testified to at trial. So because I was not adequately able to get things on the record for various reasons, I'm now fighting to take my two misdemeanor charges to a D.C. courtroom, and I will make sure that I expose all the aspects of this conspiracy that were not able to get on the record in my Tampa trial. Jeremy, I'd like to take um, interview you. I know we spoke briefly in the past, but um, <laughs> I'm just one curious about what the FBI meeting was with you prior to January 6th and more details about what they wanted you to do. Because obviously that's a footprint of them planning a Fed direction. Right. Yeah. So the so in essence, what the meeting in uh, December uh, December ninth of two thousand and twenty, uh, which was ten days prior to the announcement of January sixth by President Trump, uh, the meeting was what we would uh, what we would basically call an initial personal meet. Right. This meeting was an attempt to gauge my interest in working with them as a confidential human source in order to infiltrate, as they said, groups that I might be associated with. Now, at the time, the only two groups I was associated with were the Oath Keepers, of which we have since learned that they had two confidential human source uh, sources in the meeting that I had with the Oath Keepers leadership in Florida. And then, of course, the other group was the Special Forces Association. So. Uh, I knew that neither one of those groups had committed any crimes, and so therefore there should be no illegal surveillance of those groups. And so that's the reason why I basically turned down their offer. I mean, I wish I would have uh, had a little bit of forethought, and uh, if I would have known that January 6th was coming up, I might have worked as a uh, double agent and told them, sure, I'll be your confidential human source. That way I could record more things and have much more rock-solid proof. Uh, but look, I mean, I spent 20 years in special operations, and I retired out of the office 
that has policy oversight in clandestine and compartmentalized operations. So I understand the tactics, techniques, and procedures that they attempt to hide from the American people by claiming that they don't want to expose their sources and methods, because the reality is that their sources and methods, the reason they're hiding them from the American people is because they are illegal and they violate just about every right that we have guaranteed to us under the United States Constitution. And it looks like a deliberate attempt to frame a particular demographic, like veterans, uh, uh, strong men, uh, men in general. I think 70% of the J6ers are, are veterans. Well, of course. I mean, look, the Department of Homeland Security, I believe it was in 2014, named uh, veterans returning from war zones as one of the uh, major threats. Uh, that the Department of Homeland Security was keeping an eye on. So, look, it's just like uh, Christopher Ray likes to say that white supremacy is the, the greatest uh, threat to our democracy. And yet, in the last week, all we've heard are those that support Palestine claiming that Jews need to die and all this other stuff. And yet there's been no cry from the Department of Justice saying, you know what, we totally got it wrong. It wasn't the white supremacists. It was actual liberal college students that apparently are the anti-Semitic white supremacists. So it's all meant to create a narrative in order to turn against the American people one group at a time, just like Martin Nehemiah's poem, right? First they came for the communists, then they came for the trade unionists, and then ultimately they came for the Jews and they long list of groups in that poem, right? Well, this is exactly what we're seeing here in America today. First, they come for the patriots. Then they come for the school board moms. Then they come for the pro-life activists. Then they come for the Christians. And then eventually they'll come for the liberal uh, leftist Marxist college women that are all out there now pretending like they know what the hell is going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you also have the academia uh, funding the sedition hunter hunting effort, the capital uh, terrorist effort, and all of a sudden, these Antifa anarchists are pro FBI informants. You have one They're minute FBI left. Informants. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. So it is it is my complete intent to utilize my misdemeanor trial to expose the fact that it is very likely that members of the capital terrorist hunters and sedition hunters and all these other clowns that hide behind the anonymity of Twitter, see, they're going to have to be exposed because I have a right to face my accusers and because the FBI has used their ridiculous tips uh, in the case against it. Well, then that means I get to find out who they are. And they're very likely going to be proven to be foreign intelligence assets that aren't even here in America, working hand-in-hand -hand with the FBI, because what this is, is a global war against American sovereignty and our compromised federal government, our, our willing participants uh, in this attack against the American people. And people need to wake up to that. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. Hopefully Jeremy will be able to call back. Meanwhile, Jake is back, and perhaps we can get Tania Joy on. Yeah. Wow, guys. If, if, if you guys are listening right now, that's my brother, um, Jeremy Brown, um, 20 years special operations, 
um, served his country with honor and duty. He's sitting in prison right now. He's a January 6th hero. Um, he's one of the reasons why everybody that's listening right now, it's so important to fight. If you can give did valor and service of this country, and then this corrupt government can turn around and imprison you and destroy you. Okay, guys, um, I'm listening to that, but then I need to talk to Jeremy real quick before we get back on live. So if I go silent for a little bit, I'll be right back on. Just give me just a moment. Unknown caller. Okay, we're back. Her story a little bit, and uh, without further ado, Tanya, God bless you. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Hey, Tanya, are you there? Well. Jake, it's Kara. I just have to jump off since I'm in the interruption. She's not on, but I wanted to thank you for doing this, putting it together. I have to go on a Zoom at eight. Um, everybody here is amazing. Alicia always doing a great job hosting, and um, Jake, you're doing such Kara, great work. Kara, take take a couple minutes. I wanted to call you up earlier. We didn't give you some time. Take a couple minutes and give people a sneak pre uh, preview, sneak peek into what you're doing. Um, with your new organization and this new coalition you're forming, how about the January 6th? Give us a little taste quick, Kara. Um, sure, and if, and, that, if people want to follow me, actually, um, and I'm very open to, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'm in the current process of starting a new organization. I was the co-founder of Citizens Against Political Persecution, um, and now starting a new organization focused more on bringing out the truth about January 6th from a journalistic standpoint, sort of like what Judicial Watch does, filing Freedom of Information Acts. Um, also giving, you know, our first project will be to prepare documents for Congress. Like you said, Jake, it's so important that the new Speaker of the House uh, does a January 6th committee on the old fake unselect committee because they were so lawless and they burned evidence and everything else. So um, <clears throat> I spoke to a lot of members of Congress and they all told me at the time when Speaker McCarthy or the former Speaker McCarthy was there that nobody was going to do anything about the former January 6th committee or release the tapes or look into the trials of the January 6th political prisoners because Speaker McCarthy was not going to allow it. And that was it. And they couldn't do anything about it. Their hands were tied. So hopefully this new Speaker Johnson will be the opposite of what Speaker McCarthy was. And what I was told by m multiple members of Congress was that the public really needs, they need to hear a public outcry or they're not going to do it. 
And they said, we need allies in the media that will show up at press conferences and scream, um, you know, from uh, scream at the podium when the speaker is speaking. What about the January 6th political prisoners? So we really need to, like, obviously up the bar when it comes to the media stuff. There's only really so much, you know, we could do. Alicia and I really work hard at this. The Gateway Pundit does, and there's some other organizations that do as well. But, you know, it's really the public that needs to call up this new speaker and anybody on this call and tell them how important it is for them to look into the trials of January 6th and the prisoners and um, what I believe is collusion with the judges. I 100% believe the judges are colluding with the Biden regime and with um, certain people in Congress or the January 6th committee passed and they were colluding. So one of my main goals is to prepare documents for Congress and um, really simple ones because, you know, they're, they're regular people just like everybody else and bullet pointed stuff just about specific things on January 6th, like a document on police brutality, a document on the Proud Boys trial, which I think, it, you know, is really important that they look into a document specifically on some of the stuff the judges have done that's been really egregious and give this to them as bullet pointed sheets and also this new speaker to um, give them talking points for social media and especially the most important thing to have a hearing. The most important thing is to have a hearing, um, I think, on the January 6th trials. I think that if um, that we're able to open you know, FOIA requests looking into the executive branch and their communications with the judges, I'm certain that there was collusion there, just like with the Biden-Missouri case that um, Gateway Pundit is a co-plaintiff on where there was so much collusion between the Biden regime, uh, literally arm barring and bullying like the mafia, these social media companies like Twitter and Facebook to censor Americans and people after January 6th and people who are outspoken against the vaccine and the lockdowns and whatnot. So I think the same exact thing is happening and happened with the January 6th prisoners where the judges are literally being arm barred, whether it's through a wink and a nod or a back you know, backroom handshake or an email, which I think they're pretty lawless and they feel like there's no retribution for anything they do. So they probably would email something like, you know, we're going to be not, you know, we're going to, we're not going to be letting anybody out that tries to apply for bail or something like that. I know those documents and those communications exist. So it's really important to me to keep uh, begging Congress, basically, who we have for the year. We have until 2024, hopefully Trump wins and you know, the Republicans remain in the House. But as of right now, that's not certain. So we have the House and the subpoena power for a year. And it's really important to just get on top of Congress for the next year. For everybody here listening, please call Speaker Johnson and let him know how important it is that the January 6th tapes get released. But I think more importantly, that these trials are looked into. And there's a hearing where they actually put judges on the bench and, and question these really, really important. So that's my new organization. And I'm a former boxer. So I'm thinking of a new name for the organization. If anyone has a suggestion, um, I was talking to Jake about this on the phone. Um, uh, you know, I was thinking knockout injustice, but that's kind of cheesy. But I really wanted to use boxing um, <clears throat> like imagery because it's so easy to use boxing when it comes to good versus evil. Um, but also, more, uh, you know, it's about fighting the for is fighting the justice system. The justice system is unfair. It's broken. And um, I think January sixth has really shown caller. that more than anything. So if anybody can come up with a really cool name, uh, let me know. Maybe with like a fighting analogy in it, like knockout or fighting or fighters or champions for justice or something like that. Um, please let me know because I'm still up in the air about the name. But I am definitely starting these projects um, as soon as possible. And Jake has been, you know, talking with me with this and he has provided a lot of insight and he's great when it comes to marketing and he's just a smart guy in general. So thank you, Jake, for that. And um, 
everybody else on this call. Thank you for listening. Uh, please follow me, follow the, the Gateway Pundit and Alicia and all the other reporters that do such great work and all the other speakers on here who have basically died on a hill for this cause. And we're not going to leave anyone behind. And that includes Jake. So thank you all. God bless you. Please follow. Thank God you, Carol. Okay, Thank I'm you not so sure much. if we have Jeremy Brown back on the line. I know when you're calling from the jail, we're all on limited time. Um, uh, the fusion, cell, fusion cell is uh, what Jeremy will come in under. Yes. And Jake is back. And um, I hear that uh, Chuck Barham is in the, in the house. So um, I just want to add really quickly, we have evidence that they are recycling jurors. The one thing we need to do if anything, is just get Congress to relocate these trials. If we relocate these trials, then everybody can go home and actually have a probably much more fair trial without a rigged okay. jury. So I just want to add that in there. Um, Thank you, Alicia. Jeremy's Please back ahead, on Jake. if you guys. Okay. Just want to let you guys know Jeremy Jeremy's back, back on, too. Yeah. Okay. Jeremy's back on. Yeah. Um, is Jeremy back on? Okay. I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear. Yes. Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. 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 Please go ahead, Jeremy. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, I had an opportunity. I was I was listening to to Kara speak, and uh, I want to just uh, point out the fact that we've attempted to have men, not numerous members of Congress just sit down and and listen to what I have to say to see the evidence that, that I have as part of my discovery that points to the fact that there were nefarious activities uh, conducted by multiple agencies within the federal government, and they've shown no interest at all. And so I think that the Congress, that the U.S. Congress is not our best option because we all know that the, they don't really care about us. I think the best way to attack this problem from a political standpoint is leverage our state representatives our state legislatures and our state attorney generals on behalf of their residents and their citizens uh, to then push uh, the political, turn the political screws against Congress and the federal government. Because see, politicians listen to politicians, but they don't listen to citizens. And I think groups like uh, Went, you know, Nurse Wendy, who I, I, I hope is still on the line and can hear this, I think uh, the group that, that she's working with and, and trying to put together these town hall type uh, events to get the story of January 6th and the impacts of January 6th on the defendants as well as the family, these grassroots types of efforts where you're making third dimensional contact with actual human beings and shaking their hands and letting them see you and know that you are real people. Uh, are amazing uh, ways to get the message out. Uh, Mr. Fisher, uh, through his organization, by making a public stand and saying, you know what, we're all Americans, regardless of our organization's name, our color, or, or anything else, and we're not going to allow you to divide us and make us fight each other when we ultimately all know that you're the ones responsible for all these problems. This type of coming together is the only way that we're going to be able to combat uh, what is happening in this, in this country. And that is an intentional dividing of the American people so that we're not paying attention to what they're doing behind the scenes and behind the cover of uh, you know, their democracy. That's right, Jeremy. We have so much division in our ranks right now. 
And um, we need to forego the lesser issues and just focus on winning justice for you all and um, move um, our, our, our um, officials to be uh, uh, good people that obey the law rather than uh, spending our lives away, spending our Jeremy, fortune. Jeremy, what is uh, the conditions like in the jail, the prison that we're in? Are there, how, how's it going in, in the in the prison? I'm sorry. Uh, Jack, I'd like to speak for just a minute. Um, if uh, Jack, you you wanted to say something? Yeah, uh, we've got a couple. We've got a couple people, a couple speakers. Um, Jeremy, you're you're more than welcome, my brother, to call back here um, in a little bit and 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 come back on and speak. Um, got a couple of speakers that are on a time constraint right now uh, that I want to squeeze in quick here for the next five minutes each. Uh, we've got my brother Chuck Barham, uh, who is with us right now. He is the co-founder of the new Freedom Square platform. It's an amazing platform that you have one minute remaining. It has podcasts on there and is a news aggregator for conservative news. And he's also the host of a new show on West News Network. It happens Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. He'll actually be live here in about uh, 55 minutes uh, called Inside the Square, which he brings up some of the most awesome guests. Chuck's been a great friend and just, I mean, a, a solid patriot. And so I want to bring Chuck on for a little bit. We'll circle back after we get through some of these other speakers. And Jerry, please call back, brother, um, so Alicia can ask you some of the questions about the conditions of confinement and we can hear more from you. Um, well, let me just crash up quick and bring him up here so we don't lose him. Hey, Jake, can you guys hear me? Yes, perfectly. Please go ahead. Yes, brother. Excellent. Jake, first and foremost, God bless you for uh, what you're going through and God bless all the, the J6ers that are imprisoned illegally and we will get you out. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We're gonna gonna pray on it. We're gonna do everything that we can. We're gonna. I, I love the idea of putting the screws to the state legislators and the attorney generals and working that route because some in Congress are on our side, but most are not. But we also have to put the screws to the new uh, Speaker of the House, and hopefully, through God's uh, will and doing, we will do that and and get you out sooner than later. So bless you, Jake, and thank you so much for uh, having me on as a host on uh, the Blessed News Network inside the square. We're loving it. Uh, great feedback so far. Hopefully we'll continue that. And another note, I want to make sure everybody's aware of what we're building at freedomsquare.com because we all have our issues, challenges with big tech, with Facebook, with X, with Meta. Uh, we're building a platform for us, the freedom-loving American, freedomsquare.com. We've, we've been in beta for about a year now. Uh, we've got our business network up and running. The next thing we're going to do is start to create profiles uh, like you would find on Facebook, like you'd find on X, like you'd find on Instagram, that will not be shadow banned. That will not be shadow banned. I repeat, freedomsquare.com. And I'm saying it now because we need to spread the word about it. Because as Jake said, we're building this platform for people that love freedom. There's no foreign money in it. It's basically uh, myself and five or six other patriots that quit their jobs and pushed all in because we saw what happened after the 2020 election. We had to do something. I've got a I've got two small kids and they are my hill and I will not let this Republic die under my watch. And I definitely don't want it to, to affect their, their growing up. So Jake, we're totally backing you hundred percent, whatever you need. Uh, we're in it for you. Uh, I'm happy to be on this call and I do have a name for uh, Kara's uh, new uh, company. How about justice uppercut or uppercut justice? Uh, she can go and run with that as long as I get a nickel for every time it's said 
and we can put it into uh, a fund for the J6ers. That would be great. But love you guys, and thank you so much. And for everybody listening, you can follow us at freedomsquare.com. Log in right now. And uh, we've got your back, and I can't wait to be uh, involved with this more and help you uh, in your cause, Jake. Thanks, Chuck. Chuck, you're awesome. Uh, guys, go, like Chuck said, go check out freedomsquare.com. Um, it's a new blossoming, uh, basically it's a software. Uh, I mean, they've got everything. They've got Patriot businesses on there. They've got podcasts on there. They have all kinds of news sources all aggregated on there. Freedom Square, I'm telling you guys, in about a few years from now, it's going to be a massive company that is going to be changing America. And it's so awesome that Blessed News Network could partner with Freedom Square for their new show at 9 p.m. inside the square. And Chuck, you're awesome, man. Thank you for um, showing your support and coming on here tonight. Love you, brother. Um, Thank you. God bless you, brother. brother. Yes. Yes, yes. And follow Chuck, everybody that's listening. Um, and retweet the space, guys. Uh, we've got some more speakers here. Uh, we have another awesome uh, brother of mine, Frank Kavanaugh, is here. He's another host on Flex News Network. Um, Frank is also the host of the American Liberty Awards, and they are a brand-new awards ceremony that's honoring all of the best patriotic companies and patriots in America, and he had such success this year. We actually were so grateful, me and the other Jan Sixers, we were able to pre-record some uh, like little shout-outs, and he played them for us at the American Liberty Award. Gateway Pundit won the best or the most trusted news source this year at the American Liberty Award. Frank Cavanaugh is here, and he's the host of a weekend show on Left News Network, the Blah Blah Show, where he does with his partner, uh, John Bone. And... They're just awesome. It's like one of the most entertaining shows we have on there. And Frank is just a thoroughbred patriot. Uh, Frank, my brother, you here with us still? Frank, please we go are. ahead if you can hear us. And um, uh, he's connected. He elevated to a speaker. Yes. He's here. He might have stepped away for a second. So we'll come back to Frank. And uh, he's doing a lot of good work for the political prisoners as well. And uh, he's also a former rock star with the band Filter. Oh, how <laughs> about that, Alex? World um, in the past. Yeah, while well, um, we wait for Frank, why don't we have Alex? Well, I wanted to also introduce Anthony Chavez very quickly. He's joined the call in. While there's mostly these J6ers who are um, being persecuted by the government, there's also parents, parents who stood to uh, block their kids from getting vaccines. This parent, Anthony Chavez, uh, made sure his son didn't continue to wear a mask in school once the government rescinded the mask mandate. Just sent me a video yesterday of the marshals at his door, putting him in jail, when put him in jail again a second time. It's been a whole mess of a story. The police guards beat him up when he sent his uh, seven-year-old son to school without a mask. We had the surveillance footage showing the whole thing. Some of you may have read the story. Anthony Chavez, are you, are you here? I got you, yeah, I'm in. Um, thank you, Alicia, for, for the introduction. And thank you for all the, the work that you're doing on the J6. Um, I know consistently You've been you've been at it relentlessly with with updates. You're always you've always been a go to um, when people ask. I know where to look. 
Um, so I want to thank you for that. Um, and and I kind of wanted to dovetail on uh, a previous speaker's um, point to get involved with your your local your local congressmen, uh, your representatives. Um, I've seen gas down like seventy five percent, and I've just been tweeting out, uh, you know, just gas and groceries in all caps, and just trolling trolling my representatives um, at least a few weeks ago, um, just every day, just like stay off social media unless you're gonna talk about gas and groceries, just all caps and a clown emoji. And so for the last two weeks, I've noticed a 75 cent reduction. It's like three, 316 here, uh, a gallon. So get involved, get involved. I watch, I watch C-SPAN. Um, that's, that's my new sports ball. I'm, I'm watching these speakers, you know, going line by line. Um, they're looking in their phones and they're on Twitter, you guys. So engage, engage. And and I just wanted to um, make that point. But yeah, Alicia's right. I had six or uh, seven U.S. Marshals at my door a week ago at eight o'clock in the morning when I tried to go and get my my five hundred dollar appeal bond released because it's tough. And I'm a single full time father. Um, and so the judge said, fine, you can serve your 10 day sentence of which you have eight to do. And they didn't want to give me credit for, um, the time that I spent, um, you know, paying this bond, uh, um, almost a year ago. So I was actually, um, going to turn myself in and they, they, they ran me through the booking process and they ran the NCIC twice and said, we don't see a warrant for your arrest, even though my lawyer told me I had a warrant. And this was all, Anthony, because you chose to send your young son, your seven-year-old son, to school without a mask. Correct. The police guard beat you up. You were bullied by the principals. This is all This is all the same January 6th coup d'etat of yes. the American patriot. It's <laughs> the weaponized justice system, for sure. This judge sent seven U.S. Marshals for a nonviolent, victimless, eight-day trespass sentence. Okay, this is what's happening in America. This was a week ago. Well, Anthony, the tyranny is spreading, and um, first to the J6ers and um, to you, to the moms who uh, rail against the school boards. And um, we, uh, we're sorry this has happened to you, but let's bend together and see how we can solve this problem, stand strong together. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Oh, thank you, thank you so for hosting this. Do you have your hand raised, or Jake? Did you want to yeah, say Jake, Jake would like to speak, and then we have several speakers who have been waiting for a long time and so I want to thank them for their patience and we have six or seven more so if you could just hang on uh, Jake will introduce you and hopefully you can stay and speak for a few minutes and uh, share your thoughts yeah. Jake please go ahead hey yeah Anthony Chavez God bless you brother um, I've been saying this for I mean months maybe even years in some of my interviews that the January 6th is just the first wave of political prisoners in this country and they're coming for more people for any number of wide range of reasons, you know, mask mandates, like Hong said, school board, others, um, you know, you name it. And so God bless you for standing strong and standing tall. I hope you never end up in a place like I am in solitary confinement for years um, for exercising your rights to protect your children. God bless you, brother. Um, and I appreciate you coming on today and uh, that, that, that we're standing together. Um, so everybody that's listening, Okay, so we are back in the fusion cell. We have Jeremy Brown on the line. And yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, so what did you think of that space? There's definitely 
um, a lot of different people involved there. There's 167 people there. There was 199 at one point. I'm sure it broke 200 at some point, but there's a lot of people coming up with a lot of different ideas for a parallel economy to get the word out to Congress um, and just really to get the word out there and keep working for J6. Is there anything else that you uh, took from that short time we were in there? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think the fact that, you know, people are coming together, they're having a conversation. I mean, some of the names and I, I would have liked to have been able to, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of like having a, a meeting that has so many people in it. You never really have to do a lot of things. Um, but Hey, I mean, at least you're having the meeting. So that's a, that is uh, one positive. Um, and so hopefully, you know, they're able to come up with some ideas, um, and, and not be too overly sidetracked, uh, with the idea that this is all just one big criminal case because it's not, I mean, you know, as, as we talk about uh, on a very frequent basis, you know, this is a much larger and much more problematic issue, right? This is a a military grade attack on the American people, and I just don't want people to get lost in you know conditions in the jail. Yeah, jails suck. That's why they don't put the friendly people in the jail. At least they're not supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I would like to see uh, this movement grow into a much larger awareness that January 6th is way worse than what people think it is. Uh, and so, you know, but again, at least the conversation is being had, you know, yes, the house is on fire. So we're, we're at the somebody is waking everybody up phase. Uh, and, you know, as long as people continue to, you know, pay some attention to it and hopefully uh, people continue to ask questions and start to, to uh, you know, grow uh, this situational awareness movement. Yeah. Um, I just want to let you know that I see a couple new faces and maybe just because they're, I'm saying new faces because uh, this may be the first time that they're commenting, but Freedom Express Media uh, wanted you to know, he says, thank you, Jeremy, for being a pillar in the community. And and I want you also to know, I'm not trying to, you know, pump your head up too much tonight, but <laughs> um, I was in another. Well, I already gave you your, I already gave you your annual raise, so I don't know <laughs> what you're trying to do here. Uh, I was in another space um, just talking about the fusion cell and and talking about all that you bring to the table and how much I've learned from you and uh, the kind of leader that you are and the general who's on Twitter and hosts frequent uh, Twitter spaces. Um, you know, I made the comment that you're going to be a great leader uh, when you get out of jail. And, and he said, um, you know, Jen, Jeremy's a great leader, even in jail. And so I just wanted you to know that your voice is being heard. And um, I don't know, a lot of people do do look to you and they really appreciate all that, all that you're doing and uh, well, the fact that you're standing strong. So I just want to let you know that. Well, I, I appreciate that, but uh, I hate to throw uh, water. Never been won by the prisoners of that war. So, um, you know, I'm doing as much as I can, obviously with the help of Jen and a lot of uh, people 
on the outside that are all rolling in the same direction. But uh, we must keep focused on the fact that, you know, this, this just it. I do not see this as, you know, a, another podcast. I, I don't want to do this podcast. I don't want to be in this situation. I, I would much rather have you all listen to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis or, or Jesse Kelly. You'd probably learn a lot more. But the reality is, this is I'm limited in my capabilities thanks to my seven by ten foot cell here. So, uh, what what I hope that everyone gains from this broadcast and this podcast is the gaining of the knowledge of the seriousness of the situation, right? This is a very serious situation that, we, that we're living through in American history. And I think, you know, yeah, I, I talk about this all the time. You know, I, I'm trapped into listening to Fox News Radio, and so the lineup is not very good. So I, get, I, I, I look at it as uh, open source intelligence on the controlled conservative media. And, you know, everyone is irate and, and over the top about this topic or that topic or this topic. But, you know, our goal here is to say, yeah, you know why that's happening is intentional, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, whether it's the, the Palestinian movement in America, right? No, nobody two weeks ago uh, really had a true grasp on how deeply compromised academia it was. You know, and but you know, we've talked about this, and that's why we played Yuri Bezmenov's interview because mm-hmm. he spoke of this, right? I mean, yes. uh, academia was the, the foothold of the communists, of the globalists into America, and of course, nobody really paid much attention to that because, you know, if they did, they wouldn't keep sending their kids off to be indoctrinated and turned against them at the cost of hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? But now, shockingly, everyone is like, oh my gosh, these are all radical cultural Marxists. And, and we just can't believe that they would say, you know, push the Jews into the sea or that they should all burn or that they're responsible for the, the killing of their own citizens. And so uh, you, you see and you hear this confusion, but it's been in front of us all along. And so that is really, you know, I'm trapped here in the cell, and so if if I can just bring your attention to the fact that you're going to continue to see these types of things, and you're going to continue to hear your fellow citizen, your fellow American, be shocked by them, but they shouldn't be shocked. I mean, we've been receiving these warnings. We've been receiving these public statements by our leaders. We've been receiving these threats made in the open i mean we just haven't been paying attention to them and we haven't taken them seriously and something that i always like to remind people is that it doesn't matter if you believe that this is the situation you you don't have to believe me when i say you're targeted for destruction you can choose to believe it or not it's not going to change the fact that the natural progression of what is happening today is you standing in front of a ditch, a line of people with machine guns hosing you down, much like the scene from 19 or much like the scene from Red Dawn, the original Red Dawn from 1984, right? So you can choose to believe what I'm telling you or not. 
it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to continue to tell you what I know and point to all the indicators that should convince you of the seriousness of this situation. Uh, it's going to be up to you to decide whether or not that you take it seriously and then, you know, leverage your time, talent, and treasures to do something about it. Because there are things that we can do at this point. There, it's never too late. All right. It, it, it's like uh, the, the statement in Lone Survivor, right, where, where he's on the helicopter and he says, you're never out of the fight, okay? As long as you are drawing your next breath, it's never over. And, and we need to get back to that, Ameri that Americana, right, that American sense that there's nothing we can't do that, uh, you know, the land of the free, home of the brave, all of these aspects that we seem to have lost, right? Yes. Uh, and, and, and so I'm going to continue to warn you from this you know, perspective because it's all I can do at this point. Uh, and, you know, and so I appreciate all the, the kind words, but I need you all to become the leaders. I'm the prisoner, right? I, I'm just canary in the coal mine and I'll do the best that I can from this position, but we really need leaders from outside the prison to stand up and start to take these actions. And, and, and these actions, like I've, I've talked about in the other Twitter spaces, of going to your state legislatures because your, your federal congressman doesn't care about you. And, and, and I'm going to tell you that all of these Fox News acquainted good guys that everyone believes are out there that are going to save this country, they're not going to save the country. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to listen to me. They don't want to look at what I have to say or any of the documents that I have to back up what I say. That is the sausage being made truth of this situation. And so we need to stop thinking that Jim Jordan or Jim Comer or Rand Paul or all of these people that don't care about us at all, and if they did, they would stop passing continuing resolutions and they would actually follow the Constitution as it's written. We need to go to our state legislatures, to our state attorney generals, who will listen because they need your vote way more than these federal crowds do. And they're much less likely to be severely compromised. And I say severely compromised because eh, they're probably compromised too, but on a much smaller scale, a scale that can be overcome. And then if they don't listen, well, then, you know, we're going to have to come up with some other with some other types of solutions. But we have to stop worshiping uh, these federal uh, politicians because they care about what the donors have to say, not what you have to say. You're absolutely right. And there's so many people that are still caught in that trap. I know that I have some friends that continue to go to. And I mean, listen, I give them a lot of credit for trying and for you know, getting out of their house and going to a meeting and, and trying to make things work within the Republican party. But the fact of the matter is, is that you just need to look at what's going on. And I mean, look at the new speaker of the house, a, a quick little search will tell you what he's all about. And so I, I just, I'm not going to put my faith into anything until I see some results. Um, and even then you have to wonder why they're doing it, but 
I mean, the actions speak louder than right, words. Right, but I mean, look, that, uh, the, the false persona of the federal government is perpetuated by this fact that they're the only ones that can change anything when in reality the sense of minute uh, actually gives the power to the state legislature to do it more than the state attorney general. So uh, let me call back and uh, I've got some, I got a, a little test that I can give you to, to prove out my theory, right? And so uh, uh, when I call back, I'll, I'll give you that test and you can prove it to yourself. Okay, sounds good. The caller has hung up. So um, just regarding last night, do some housekeeping real quick because we jumped into this. Um, last night I saw police state and I was crying way too much. Um, I put the the pre-recorded uh, show on Rumble right before I left. So that's what um, that episode is. It's Mostly Jeremy, I was going to say it's a discussion, but it's mostly Jeremy talking about um, numbers 26 through 29 um, of the Federalist Papers. So please feel free to check that out. It was, I learned a lot reading it, and I'm sure you'll hear me say this in the recording also, but I need to read that a third time. I read it once for the audience. I read it a second time to get ready to talk to Jeremy about it. And you really need to have a discussion about what each of those paragraphs really mean. Private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register. I mean, there were some words in there I'd never even heard before. To accept this free call, press one to refuse this free call. We don't even use them. Using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, can you hear me? Yes. All right, so... Yeah, I talked about how your federal congressman, your U.S. congressman, your U.S. senator, uh, they don't care about you, okay? And this is very easy to prove, all right? So what I want you to do is find a topic, any topic. I prefer it be January 6th, but maybe there's something else that's more important to you, right? Take some time and really do a nice, thoughtful, but as maybe one page, maybe two pages at the max, letter to either your, I mean, the same letter. I want I, w- I want you to just write this letter. Uh, you know, keep in mind that you're writing it to your U.S. congressman, your U.S. senator, but you're also going to send it to your state uh, rep as well as your state senator and maybe even your governor or attorney general, right? But I want you to really take some time put into what it is that you want to talk to them about. Then I want you to email them that letter. Then I want you to actually handwrite a copy of that letter and mail it via snail mail. I want you to call their office and you'll likely have to leave a voicemail because they're not going to answer the phone for you. And then I want you to schedule a face-to-face meeting with your rep. Right now, your senator is not likely going to happen. Your state senator, yes, your your U.S. senator, not likely at all because the, they're statewide. So you're definitely not going to get on their radar as far as sitting down to a face-to-face. But I will tell you, as a U.S. congressman or a U.S. congressional candidate, I did a little research into their schedule. And each month, they actually block a week 
of constituent you know, work, right? So for, for every U.S. congressman, a week of their work month is supposed to be at home conducting constituent affairs, right? That's you. You're the constituent, right? So there should be a week in every month that they're in their local office. And then, of course, we all know that they take super long vacations, like six weeks at a time. You can find one of those recesses. But try to schedule a face-to-face meeting. And because this letter that you've thoughtfully, uh, you know, written out, not just some random criticism or whatever, but pick a topic, put some thought into it, make some good points, right? You know, problem, discussion, solution, and send this to them. Send the same letter to your U.S. representatives and your state rep, and then see how you are responded to. And I predict that you will get a much more thoughtful, considerate response from your state rep. What if you prove this to yourself through this experiment? Because you'll get a form response probably from staff or from your U.S. rep. Once you figure this out for yourself, then read your constitution and you'll find out that it's actually your state rep and your state legislative body. It actually has way more power. And so once you realize that the people with the actual real constitutional power are also the ones that will actually listen to you and maybe even sit down and meet with you, especially if you say, you know, I've got all this money burning a hole in my pocket and I just don't know where to put it. They'll probably definitely start listening to you. But once you see how much more power your state legislatures and what, how much more they're willing to listen to you in order to make you a satisfied constituent. Uh, We've been going about this all wrong, but we've been going about it all wrong intentionally. There's a reason why Fox News only ever has national politicians. Same thing with CNN, because see, they love the government. They are a tool of the government, and therefore, they have to prop up and glamorize the federal government. The secret is that it is the state who really have most of the power. And if that power is exerted on behalf of their citizens, whether it's Florida, Texas, California, Maine, they can get things done at the national level. Because your state rep that represent you and speak on your behalf is definitely going to be more likely to get the attention of a federal legislator than you will. And, and that's just the reality. So take do that thought experiment. Try that and just see for yourself the difference in responses that you get. And I think you'll kind of be shocked. Or maybe you won't be shocked. <laughs> OGA is saying, uh, Jeremy, the only thing I would say to them is leave me and the rest of the Americans alone. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, look, if you if you did your homework assignment and read the Federal 26 through 29, you would know that your state rep is the direct counter power to the federal government. And so if you want a federal government to leave you alone, it's your legislature that is, has the duty and responsibility to stand in that gap between you 
and their and their overreach. Yeah, we have voices in Nebraska, and I don't know um, if you remember Jeremy, but she ran for. Uh, let's see, I can't remember what she ran for. Please feel free to let me know. But she says she ran against. Our current Republican AG, okay, so she was running for, okay, Attorney General. He wouldn't even answer the question of whether a person should be presumed innocent. Going to state officials isn't going to work. Um, she says, every woman in our legislature, including Republicans, abused their elected positions and said that a gubernatorial candidate was a sexual abuser. They proclaimed him guilty without evidence of guilt. I asked the other AG candidate to state outright that a person should be presumed innocent until guilt was proven he wouldn't, and all the elected Republicans defended it. Uh, yeah, well, there's a, yeah. Okay, ahead. but see, here's the thing. What, what Voices of Nebraska did is exactly what you should do. But you have to continue to pester the crap out of them. And let me give you a perfect example. Uh, and, and I'm going to give a shout out to Steve Meckler. Steve Meckler is one of my supporters here locally in Citrus County. Love him. And so, uh, Russ Huh? I love him. He's awesome. Yeah. Yes. And the politicians hate him. Why? Because Steve Meckler goes to every pom-pom event. And when I say pom-pom event, I mean these events that are put on by your local political parties that are meant to be non-confrontational, meant to be rah, 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 and really meant to be a fundraising event for their favorite politician, right? Their favorite establishment politician. Well, Steve He's not having that. He doesn't go anywhere without wearing a Jeremy Brown or an Abolish the FBI t-shirt, right? Steve would go to every one of these events. And at every single one of the events, he would ask the exact same question of the exact same politician to the point where they would, they would try to avoid calling on him. But because he's been involved, they couldn't avoid calling on him. So inevitably, they would call on him. And inevitably, he would say, what are you doing about Jerry Brown? To the point where Steve Meckler very likely single-handedly was responsible for the one member of U.S. Congress that actually came and sat in a little room at the Pinellas County Jail and spoke to me. Now, did he do anything? No. But he did show up. And Steve Meckler is responsible for that. So did it, did it happen on the first time Steve did it? No. Did it happen after five times of Steve doing it? Uh-uh. But he kept doing it, and eventually it paid off. And so this is what, this is what I'm saying. It, it's like, uh, you know, now they call it sexual harassment. But back in my grandfather's day, they called it courtship, Right. And uh, there's some cutesy movies and things like this. But, you know, it was the old days back in the pretty girl. In fact, I think The Notebook is a perfect example of this, right? The Notebook is uh, the guy asks the girl out, and she's annoyed by him, and she thinks he's ridiculous, and she keeps saying no, 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 until one day she says yes. Why? Because it was persistent, right? And so that's what we have to do. The squeaky wheel gets degrees. And so, yeah, hey, run against the politician that you don't like. Force them to say over and over again, no comment. Force them. Hold your phone up in their face. Make sure that they know you're not going away, that you're going to tell everyone you know about them, right? 
and that you're going to post this all over whatever, or that you're going to talk about it at your Wednesday night Bible study or whatever. We have to be the thorn in their side. And to be a thorn in their side, it can't just be one time or 10 times. It has to be until they do something, right? And, and you know, I talk about this a lot with uh, people. I say, look, if nothing is changing, well, then we haven't done enough, right? The only acceptable evidence of success is victory. If we have not reached victory, then we have not done enough. And so we have to continue to say, what can we do? Do we keep doing the same thing over again? Sure. But we can expand that, right? We have to basically make them, we have to shame them into doing their job because they're going to blow you off because they think that that's worked in the past. I'll just blow this person off. And then at the next group, nobody at that group will know anything about this person. So we have to follow them around. And, it, you know, they're politicians, so it's not stalking, okay? You're free to go to all their events, and every time, raise your hand. And look, if they don't call on you, make sure everyone knows that they're not calling on you. We have to become annoying because guess what? That's exactly how they gained all the power in this situation. The squeaky wheel does get the grease, right? The, the radical cultural Marxists do not outnumber us, no matter what the media makes you think. But the difference is they're loud, they're annoying, they're obnoxious, and they're persistent, which is why I think following the rules for radicals is perfect, right? Imitation is one of the greatest forms of flattery. And if it worked for them, guess what? It'll definitely work for you. But we're just nicer, so it might even work better. And we're smarter. So when we ridicule people, it'll be more effective because it's based on intelligence. <laughs> That's awesome. I just tweeted out your, I thought that was a really good quote. If we've not reached victory, we haven't done enough. So that's definitely one. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. There, there's no moral victory in war. And, and this is a war. They're seeking to destroy us, okay? They want to destroy us, our way of life, everything that this country was built on that hasn't been destroyed yet. And there's a lot. And I think uh, our conversation about what the Constitution actually says versus what they actually do, I mean, all you have to do is everything that Congress does on a day-to-day -day basis, juxtapose it and compare it directly to what's in the Constitution, and you will see that for a very long time, they have been violating the Constitution left and right. In fact, Gavin Newsom is violating the United States Constitution by taking his little trips over there to negotiate with the president of China. Governors are not allowed to do that according to the Constitution. Let's see. We've got uh, Cayman 10 says she called out Bill. I think his name is Bill. Bill Rackus at an event also. And uh, Voices in Nebraska is oh, saying. She probably knows who Steve Meckler is then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she does. Um, Voices in Nebraska is saying that's why I support Kennedy's candidacy. If people were smart, they'd show a display of support for that, which is not the corrupt 
two-party system. It's not about Kennedy, the man. You have one minute left. Man, hot topic, Vaughn. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's why I say if Trump really wanted to bring the system down like he always claims that he does, then he wouldn't be a Republican, right? I mean, if he really wanted to disrupt this political system, he would choose Kennedy and they would run as independents and then totally throw the established the establishment into complete chaos. Right? Mm -hmm. All right. Do you want me to call that? Do we have time? Sure. We have 15 more minutes on the dot before I turn to right. a pumpkin. Let me call that. Okay. <laughs> the caller has hung up. Man, you know, uh, Halloween used to be my favorite holiday. I'm still going to say it's my favorite holiday. Fall is also my favorite season. Um, and October used to be my favorite month. I used to really just do Halloween all month um, because I loved it. But, you know, the last three years, ever since I had this spiritual awakening and what's going on with the country and everything, it just doesn't, it's just not the same. Not the same as being in the matrix and turning on uh, all the, the horror movies that I like to watch and usually just the same ones, the classics. Um, but now it's just different. And I go to the store and I see all the, well, I don't even eat candy that much anymore, but you know, I see all the Unknown de caller. decorations that formerly I'd get so excited about. And now I'm like, man, there's so many more important things. I can't even think about this. Individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, Please hang up and follow facility just instructions to register this constantly number thinking about justice to accept this free call press can't even enjoy Halloween. To use this free call press too if you would like to thank you for using Securus, you may start the conversation now all right can you hear me yes all right before we go on I just want to say not only just voices voices in Nebraska I'm, I'm sorry I'm horrible with names and I'm even worse with the Screen names. names. But I actually really enjoy the interaction and having the conversations and the debate. And I don't want anybody to ever think that just because I say, hey, you know, this, that, we, we might have a disagreement or whatever, that I, that doesn't mean I don't appreciate it. Look, the, the reality is that, uh, you know, mo politicians are like lawyers and real estate agents. 90% of them suck, okay? Uh, the other 10% mm, probably aren't that great. The problem is you don't ever know how much they suck until you've been screwed over by them, right? And so we have to keep that in mind. Yes, you know what? Your attorney general might be a complete douchebag, right? Like Florida's attorney general, Ashley Moody, complete moron, right? In fact, turned over my legal correspondence between my attorney and her, the head law enforcement officer in the state of uh, Florida, immediately turned over our, our, comp our confidential correspondence to the FBI. I, I have the stamp document. They received it on the 12th of April, and her office turned it over to the FBI the very next day. So, But the problem is we can't hear... We always want to throw our hands up and, and say, oh, my gosh, they suck. That They don't care if we think they suck. 
See, they know that our frustration usually causes us to move on and say, screw them, rather than actually hold them accountable. And so this is one of the things that the left and these uh, useful idiots are great at. They don't care what you tell them. They're not going away. They are pests. They are annoying, and they're going to be there chanting their little stupid chants. And you know what? It works. We just have to be good at being as annoying and persistent on the political front as they are. We can't just throw up our hands and say, they suck. And I know Jen, Jen is, is guilty of this a lot, right? She gets frustrated with the political system as well as do I. But the reality is that it exists and we shouldn't give up on it as an avenue of attack when it comes to these problems that we have. Because it, that system has to be fixed, just like our judicial system has to be fixed, right? Just like our, our executive has to be reined in, and we have to abolish all these unconstitutional authorities and bureaucracies. But we can't do that by giving up on it. Yeah, um, let me just tell so she, you. Keep throwing your ideas out. I love it. Uh, Voices in Nebraska says... Um, She's not even an attorney. She just ran for AG because you don't have to be an attorney and no one honest was running or stepping up. She's just tired of not That's being right. represented by anyone in government. And I said, thank you for at least trying. You know, that is what we need more common people running for these positions. Look, uh, when I ran for U.S. Congress, I literally Googled, how do you run for U.S. Congress? And it took like four or five weeks before the county a Republican party was even at work in order for me to go introduce myself. And then they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm the Republican candidate for Congress. <laughs> and they're like, you did it all backwards. And I'm like, well, I just Googled it. So look, they want you, they want us to believe that these are like famous, awe-inspiring people. They're not, it's not that hard. Hell, I ran for state rep from jail and actually got 34.5% of the vote. I had more signatures to get on the ballot for free than my three Democrat opponents combined, okay? And so it's not that hard. It might not work out the first time, but you know what? Keep doing it. You got to build, you know, build your following, right? And if nothing else, you're going to make them say, who the hell is this over here? Are, are, they, are they surreal, right? Um, and so, you know, run for AG, it's just like sheriff, you know, in a lot of jurisdictions, you don't have to be in law enforcement to run for sheriff, it's an elected office. But guess what? It's the one elected office that you get to carry a gun. So, hell, you can deputize everyone in your whole county. So, look, these offices, they're not, they're not these lofty positions, right? They're attainable. It's achievable. And you know what? Even if we have to have a thousand candidates to make them worry about, hey, at least they know we're here. They know we're coming and that they can't avoid us. And so as far as the political realm, now there's many more things that we can do and should be doing, like the economic slowdown aspect of it, the tax revolt aspect of it, the basically just telling them to go pound sand. No, I'm not going to listen to you, right? But there are political solutions, and we can be that annoying pest in their in their 
you know, that burr in their side, that burr under their saddle, right? Uh, you know, we, Jeremy, we can't just go away. I think yeah. so. You know, this is something, so she's saying something else here, and this is something that you experienced as well. And I think to break out of this mold, we need to band together. And you're right. Uh, you know, I know you've, I think maybe you told me, somebody told me it takes a long time to put a, a political party together, but um, maybe you don't have to run under the banner of a political party, but you can still have colleagues you can point to so that you can boost up uh, your network. And this is what she says. The people say they want grassroots choice, but the Republican Party won't allow any candidates in who they can't control. I was shut out of everything by the Republican Party. I naively thought that running for office would allow me to have more of a voice. I was wrong. The Neo GP and the local media kept me shut out. Um, and so she's talking about this two party system that is keeping the grassroots movement from flourishing. And so I'm just thinking, That's just thinking right now. And the only way to do that, like, let's say that you two were running at the same time. Could you point to one another and say, yeah, I'm running for this. I'm doing this here. But this woman over here is also doing that. And then you can maybe hold spaces together. I mean, use the social media and the networking to the advantage. Right. And then when you go out and canvas or do whatever, you're supporting one another. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, absolutely. I mean, is there anybody out there that believes that Robert Kennedy Jr. thinks he's going to win? No. He's running to get his message across. He's running to, I mean, look, he's exposed the corruption of the Democrat Party and is now running as an independent. He doesn't care whether he wins. What he's trying to do is he's organizing an attack against the establishment. And look, I had the exact same problem, right? The, the two-party duopoly is the problem. And yes. See, we can do things against that, right? Instead of giving your money to the party or to your local party, which if you think that that money goes to help candidates that you believe in, you're absolutely wrong, okay? If you want to help a candidate, you should never give money to the party. You should give that money directly to the candidate, okay? Because you're, she's exactly right. The parties are the gatekeeper. Yes. And I'm going to tell you a little secret. The idea of get out the vote is a psychological operation. Neither party wants to get out the vote, okay? The Democrats don't need to get out the vote because they've uh, they become excellent at uh, ballot fraud. The Republicans don't want to get out the vote because both parties only want the maximum number of people who they can control. Okay? They don't want everyone registered to vote. They only want enough registered to vote that they can control their vote in order to win. And sometimes the Republicans don't even care about winning. Okay, remember, they're the Washington generals yes, of politics. That's right. They're perfectly fine with intentionally losing all the time. Okay. Um, and so uh, this is the reality. And so my strategy when I ran for U.S. Congress had nothing to do with the Republican. In fact, I told them, I don't, I don't need your help, right? They told me, if you raise $500,000, we'll get the Republican. Uh, the National Republican Campaign com or Congressional Campaign Committee to call you. And I'm like, uh, I don't need $500,000. <laughs>
right? And then yeah. they all went on and told me, well, you've got a fundraiser. I had a sitting U.S. congressman, Ross Spano, sit there and tell me, well, I spent two hours a day on the phone raising money. You've got to raise money. I said, mm, that's funny. And then I said, none of you in this room uh, have donated money to my campaign. And they said, well, you haven't asked. And I said, I'm not going to because I'm not running to raise money. I'm running to win a, po- a political race. Yeah. And see, there's an old adage in politics that if you shake a hand, you win a vote. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Shake a hand, win a vote. They know it works. They just don't do it. Right? Because, see, I, I, I coined the term the professional political class. What you don't realize is that politics is an industry, and it's a very incestuous industry, meaning all the campaign managers, all the sign companies, all the advertising agencies, they all know each other. They don't care about political views or candidates. They just want you to raise money and then spend it with them. That's right. (laughs) In fact, when I ran uh, for U.S. Congress, I found out that one of these so-called Republican uh, advertising firms would actually sabotage their their candidates because they were actually receiving additional funds from the Democrat side to do so. So so you would hire them, pay them bunches of money, and then they would torpedo your campaign because they're also being paid off by the Democrats. So, look— you have to break this log jam of perception and flawed ways of winning the game, right? I'm going to tell you right now, grassroots works. You know how I know this is because there's actually a military version of grassroots politics. Mm-hmm. It's called unconventional warfare. Mm-hmm. And it works on a battlefield when your life is on the line and bullets are flying. So it certainly would work in politics. The problem is they tell you that it won't work because they don't want you to try it. Because if you tried it, you would cause them a whole lot of problems. And that's exactly what I set out to do during my congressional campaign. And it would have been successful, but there were some other issues that arose, uh, which maybe someday will uh, have a little podcast about that, but the grassroots effort because it's like it's like the uh, was it the old Wrigley Spearmint commercial? Jen wouldn't notice because she's too young. But there used to be an old commercial, like a chewing gum commercial, where like, and I told this person, and I told this person, and then the squares on the screen kept getting more and more. That is the nature of grassroots politics and or unconventional warfare is that you spread your message one person at a time through human networking. And, and this is one of the things that really bothers me, too. And it's one of the, you know, I, I used to have a saying that, look, we're not going to win by uh, casting votes in, in a rigged election system. We're not going to win by filing lawsuits in a rigged judicial system. And we're not going to win by communicating on a, a platform or a system, which is social media, uh, that's specifically designed to be able to gather you all into this funnel and then censor the crap out of you. We're going to win 
by old school human contact, face-to-face, shaking hands, telling the story one person at a time. And that's why when I ran for Congress, I went to Walmart parking lot and I passed out my flyers to my future constituents. You have one minute Almost at least one in every 10 would say, wow, I've never seen a politician sweating in the hot Florida sun passing out their own flyers. And I said, well, I'm not a politician. I'm just an American. And so it works. They just don't want us to know it works because if we were to do it, we might actually upset their apple cart. Wow. So keep trying, voices in Nebraska. You're on to something. <laughs> Yeah, we have a we have a lot of work to do, as I like to say. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for being here. But it is work. Yes. And we know we haven't done enough work. Why? Because we have not yet achieved victory. So we might be tired. We might be exhausted. But if we haven't yet achieved victory, then we're not doing enough. Damn. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. He just dropped the mic and walked out of the room. That's what just happened there. Um, that was a great conversation. Um, now, I want to just tell you for a moment. Let me put this up on the screen right here. I saw police state last night, like I was telling you just a few minutes ago. Um, it hit hard when you see how your fellow Americans are being treated and the lack of justice in this country right now. Um, that's why you're here, right? Well, tomorrow night, there's a virtual premiere of Police State. And uh, this is the, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put the website right here. I'm going to put it in the comments also, okay? I know you can look it up and everything, but I just like to make things as easy as possible. Let's do that, and then let's see how much it is here. Okay, virtual admission is going to be okay. So it's $20 to go see this um, from your computer tomorrow at 5 p.m. Okay, I highly encourage you to watch this movie. It's going to make you mad. It's going to make you sad. Um, It's really going to hit you hard, I guarantee it. And it's going to open your mind as to all the different things that have happened in the past, I'll say few years, um, and what's gotten us to this point, but it's quite shocking. And I, I mean, there's, there's really nothing more that we can say. Anybody who's listening to this podcast right now knows why we're here. It knows why we're doing what we're doing. So with that, uh, I will bid you adieu. Thank you very much for being here. I hope you notice I added a little Um, Some names on the bottom there, Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan, Benjamin Phillips, Kevin Greeson died on January 6th, Christopher Georgia, Mark Ungst, Matthew Perna, DeJord Meacham committed suicide after January 6th. We've got the the Twitter name there, the Fusion Cell, jeremybrowndefense.com, where we'll be putting up some more t-shirts shortly. Abolish the FBI t-shirts. Um, you can also contribute to his gifts and go from there. Um, you can also listen to the podcast from there actually now. 
And then also the email fusion cell at proton mail. So just trying to make use of all the space on the screen. And everybody, I hope you have a wonderful night. Thank you for being here. Um, we'll see you. We'll figure out something for tomorrow night. We'll see you tomorrow night on the fusion cell and whatever you do, don't do nothing. World domination, same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth it was a great word